0: Amos chapter one, verses three through chapter two, verse three. Thus says Yahweh, for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have threshed Gilead with the sledges of iron. So I will send a fire upon the house of Hazael and it shall devour the strongholds of Ben-Hadad. I will break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avin. And him who holds the scepter from Beth Eden to the people and the people of Syria shall go into exile to Kir, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord Yahweh, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they carried into exile a whole people to deliver them up to Edom. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza and it shall devour her strongholds. And I will cut off the inhabitants from Ashdod and him who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord Yahweh for three transgressions of Tyre and for four I will not revoke the punishment because they delivered up a whole people to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyre, and it shall devour her strongholds. Thus, says the Lord Yahweh, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity and his anger tore perpetually and he kept his wrath forever so i will send a fire upon tamam and it shall devour the strongholds of basra thus says the lord yahweh for three transgressions of the ammonites and for four i will not revoke the punishment because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead that they might enlarge their border. So I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah and it shall devour her strongholds with shouting on the day of battle with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind and their king shall go into exile. And he and his princes together says the Lord. Thus says the Lord Yahweh for three transgressions of Moab. And for four, I will not revoke the punishment because he burned to lime the bones of the king of Edom. So I will send a fire upon Moab and it shall devour the strongholds of Kiriath and Moab shall die amid uproar, amid shouting and the sound of the trumpet. I will cut off the ruler from its midst and will kill all its princes with him, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: All right. Well, good morning and welcome to your survey of the downfall of ancient kingdoms, Greg. <laughs> um, we just read off a very rhythmic sort of, and I think that we have to listen for rhythm and stuff in the prophets. It's very rhythmic, uh, you know, condemnation and warning about the judgment that God's about to bring to these different kingdoms. So I think it's easy to hear stuff like this and be like, ah, eh, like, let's get to the good parts. Let's get to the like peace, like a river and, uh, you know, justice and everything. But I think God's goodness and beauty is actually very, very evident through this passage today. So Greg, I know you're bursting at the seams. What are your thoughts on the, this section of Amos? Uh,
1: I think, you know, um, I think to me, I think the, the, the repetitiveness, you know, he starts each, each little section with, for three transgressions of, and names the kingdom and then, and for four sort of saying like, you know, um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that's taken place. I think what it reminds me of all this list of kingdoms and sort of all these, all these things that have taken place is that God sees the suffering of people Mm -hmm. and it does not go to notice. And is also does not go unanswered. Amen. And I think that if you, if you're, paying attention to the world around us even a little bit um the world is absolutely steeped in human suffering and injustice totally um you know in in ways that are just sometimes unimaginable i mean you know it's it's not a a secret it's been talked about a lot that there are more people in slavery today in the world than there were during the transatlantic days of the transatlantic uh, slave trade there are more people in slavery in india than there are in most of the rest of the world about 17 18 million people Wow. Um, you know, and, and these, these are people who, who are experiencing unbelievable amounts of suffering. And if you don't know about it, I suggest you look it up and you find out what your fellow human being is bearing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And when you start to take this in and you start to take in, you know, there's coups taking place in, in, um, you know, Burkina Faso and Mali and, and Niger and things like that. When you, you know, the, the war in Ukraine and you start to see all the suffering and you start to think, even if you're not a Christian, you think like, what, what? is there any answer for any of this mm. or do people just get away with it? Right. Mm. And if you look back, even over the last, you know, couple of decades, you know, you've got uh, everything that's taken place with ISIS in the Middle East. You've got, yeah. you know, um, you've got the, the Rwandan genocide. You've, I mean, you've got so many different things that have taken place. And I think as a Christian, you think like this is, it, it kind of gets you back to the problem of evil a little bit. And you're like, how can this good God allow these things to happen? And I think to me, this, I find this passage to be encouraging. Because to me, it's God saying to people, "I see what has been done." yeah, and it will not go unanswered. I will not forget, and I will respond. And I think that as a as a as a Christian and as a human who just witnesses suffering, you can rest in the idea that God answers injustice and he 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 corrects it. Um, mm. and that you can you can you cannot be buried under the weight. Of the wrongs that have been done, mm-hmm. and I know that he's going to, you know, in the future, in Amos, we're going to talk about what Israel and Judah have done, but I think in this specific passage, I find it incredibly encouraging to think that we uh, we serve a God who, you know, His eyes are not just on the sparrow; they're on everybody mm-hmm. and what happens to them, and He answers. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a compelling uh, point to make in the modern world where people say. Look at all this is happening. How could you possibly believe in a God? Well, because I believe in a God of justice who will answer all of these wrongs and make every wrong right Mm. on on that last day. And so to me, I I think ultimately it sounds odd, but for all of this uh, uh, talk of of judgment on these kingdoms, I find it very encouraging.
0: Dude, I love that. You know, D's will talk about from the pulpit sometimes that when like we... In the west kind of chronically feel uncomfortable with these when the Bible talks about God's anger his wrath his judgment and you know one of the things that I love and I know that Deez isn't the only person to pull this out but he'll, he'll kind of talk about how we're not just we're not uncomfortable with these things because we've advanced past where people were in the Bible and, and, you know, we're like this elevated form of humanity that like sees over this form of the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. But it's actually just because we're deeply privileged mm. and that only a deeply privileged person could be okay with the idea of this generally benevolent God mm-hmm. who's just, you know, nice and generally benevolent. and that's it. Um, but actually, I think that like you're dead on that it's actually just because we're insulated from the suffering of the world. I was talking to, Um, a guy, great songwriter named Rich Thompson the other day. And he's also, uh, kind of in the podcast production storytelling world. And he just did a podcast. He, he owns this production company. They just collaborated with IJM Mm -hmm. who used to work for international justice mission. And, uh, they just did this podcast called finding Ruby. And it's kind of like a true crime dramatic podcast that tells this true story of this girl, um, from, from the Philippines, who is lured into sex trafficking and then, uh, basically is rescued from it. And it's very, I mean, I've only just started it and just from, you know, the time that you hit play, it's just very sickening and Mm -hmm. hard to listen to. And I think that things like that are important for us not to just get this like gross cathartic, like pity for other people, but to understand a very important facet of our faith that the Minor Prophets is going to really pull out, which is this idea of ultimate justice. like Justice gets the final word. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, one of the books on my shelf, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, a classic. Really, really good. And it's basically uh, about just the the sad horror of reality for a lot of people. Uh, in these rural impoverished black communities, these children, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, a little while back, and it, it was so tough for me to read. But one of the things that I kind of took away from reading it is, I'm so grateful for a faith and for a true faith where I know that justice gets the final word. Because mm-hmm. you read books like that, you you read stories, you listen to stories that are totally true, and. It just leads me to this place where I'm like, I cannot imagine going through life with this idea that, you know, these people who, who prosper in their evil doing and, you know, as Amos says, you know, they're like ripping pregnant women open, like this, uh, this sickeningly gross image, like that they just die in their prosperity and like, that's it. Mm-hmm. But they like, actually no, God is going to visit their iniquities. And what's really interesting in this passage where we can see God's goodness is what is he so angry about? He's angry at them for carrying out war on other nations that are not necessarily Israel,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: like even for like waging war against Edom, who's one of Israel's enemies. And so the irony here is in the minor prophets, we might come to this conclusion wrongly that like God loves war and he loves wetting his sword. Um, but no, it's like God is actually, he's sickened by war. he He's angered by war. You know, that really disgusting image uh, regarding the Ammonites ripping open pregnant women. He says that they might enlarge their border. They're doing all this gruesome stuff just to have a little bit more land. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me think immediately of like, you know, these World War II movies where it's just like, gruesome, you know, young men like my age or younger going through hell. And they're like questioning, like, what's this all for? Just for a government to have more land. Right. And uh, so I, I think like we can actually take great immense comfort in this sort of passage that God hates the war and the wrongdoing of men and that he's actually willing to triumph over it to bring peace, mm-hmm. not to bring, you know, more war, but to bring peace through it all. And so I think that that's something that we can just really rest in is that we have a God of justice who sees the calamity and pain of earth. And he is going to, through very, you know, mysterious ways he's going to bring about the flourishing of his people. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, we are, we've just scratched the surface and I'm actually excited. You know, we've talked a lot about these outside nations, but I think, starting tomorrow, we're going to get to more of the fruit of the nut of Amos. So come back tomorrow. Until then, for the great beloved Greg Conley, the con man, Um, this is Will Garlow, and we will see you tomorrow in the sunny pastures of our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm.